Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. You cannot blame and be blessed at the same time. You can play the blame game or you can be blessed, but you can't be both. Watch your favorite show on your favorite device. Head to hillsongchannelnow.com today. Imagine a lady who could partner with Hillsong and be resourced for your life journey. Well, the Hillsong channel is like the best thing to do for researching type customers around the world. I would love to become part of a subscription where we will send you a team box. In other words, every month you will get all sorts of books, resources, information that will help you to feel like you're part of that team and will help us take this back message you're watching the Hillsong Channel. Welcome home. I'm Bryce Houston. Let's go. Alright, Lord, I want to do every gift you gave me. Who are what to see? We have lights coming up in today's show. Welcome, everybody, from wherever you're watching. And today is our day. So, we are talking about the heart. I was desperate to carry that. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, exclusive coverage. If men and women work together cooperatively, that's where it's all image Everybody has stories of loss, but they can't stop us from moving forward. I'm going to encourage you to stand forward. Anytime you get the question, you know, how do I find the right person? My answer is run for God. Okay. This is what he is He's the one who spoke and the universe came. The church is advancing God's protection and <laughs> We've got you covered. On the Hillsong in the stretch that you discover the supply. It's always in the stretch that you discover the strength. It's always in the stretch that you discover the supernatural. Somebody shall stretch. God said, Moses, if you'll stretch your staff over the waters, you won't have to say a word. I'll make the water smart, and the people will know what kind of God I am, not by the words that you speak, but I'll make the waters preach for you. Many say this is David's greatest hit of all of his psalms. This is some of his finest work. C.S. Lewis said it's one of the greatest lyrics in human history. Who are you to argue with C.S. Lewis? 
touch somebody say, this must be a good one. It really is. Listen to all 14 verses. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. What a paradox this is. He said they have no vocal cords, no esophagus, no larynx. Yet they speak so loudly, the skies declare the glory of God, and the heavens show forth his power in such a way that it reaches the end of the earth. It's a silent sermon. Their words go to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Let somebody say God's word works. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than crispy cream, North Carolina translation. Then honey from the honeycomb, by them your servant is born in keeping them, in keeping them, not just in hearing them, but in retaining them, in keeping them. There is great reward, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. And here comes Pastor Mickey's verse. In the words of my mouth, he said it in the King James English, because Pastor Mickey is 78. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, take it down, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And now that I said the scripture, we can get the sermon started. Have a seat. It matters where you start. It matters where you start. Do you agree with me? It matters how you start your day. Let's use a few examples with your spouse. Holly and I were very happy on our honeymoon night and the next morning. I'm not going with this where you think I'm going with this. When she looked at me and I looked at her and we had both been up and we had both brushed our teeth and we had both been awake for 15 minutes and we had not said a word. And she looked at me and I looked at her and we knew that we had made the right decision because she looked at me and she said to me, you don't like to talk in the morning either? And I said, no, I hate people in the morning. And we knew it was meant to be because we can start our morning without saying a word. We can start our morning without saying a word. And I found out that you can preach a 
sermon without saying a word. Some of the loudest sermons I will preach will be with my life, not with my lips. In fact, if I preach one sermon with my lips and another with my life, it won't be long before nobody wants to hear what I have to say. No matter how loud I say it! Silent sermons. There's the one that I preach, and then there's the one that I live. My grandfather was a preacher. I only heard him preach one time that I remember. Probably heard him preach other times that I don't remember, but I remember only one sermon that I ever heard him preach. Can't remember what he preached, but remember hearing him preach one time. I saw him preach hundreds of times. There's a difference. I saw him comb my grandmother's hair when she didn't even know his name anymore because Alzheimer's had completely erased her memory of him, but it didn't matter because, like you've heard so many times before, he would say, she might not know who I am, but I know. I know who I am, even if she doesn't. And so I am the kind of husband that will comb her hair and show up every morning when visiting our start and not leave until they kick me out and take her to Wendy's every day for lunch. And he had no integrity because they would share a Diet Coke every day at Wendy's and get free refills and only pay for one instead of two. But see, he was preaching a silent sermon. He wasn't the first one. He wasn't the first one to preach a silent sermon because Moses was a man that God wanted to use, but he wasn't very good with words. So God said, don't worry about what you're going to say. I'm going to give you a stick. If you take the stick and stretch it out, there's somebody say, stretch it out. It's always in the stretch that you discover the supply. It's always in the stretch that you discover the strength. It's always in the stretch that you discover the supernatural. You'll be getting warmed up by now. Somebody shall stretch. God said, Moses, if you'll stretch your staff over the waters, you won't have to say a word. I'll make the waters part, and the people will know what kind of God I am, not by the words that you speak, but I'll make the waters preach for you. Silence. Moses wasn't the only one who preached a silent sermon. One woman in the Bible was so taken by the presence of Jesus Christ that she stuck in a room with some perfume, some really expensive perfume. The Bible says it was worth a year's wages, and people knew that she loved Jesus, not because of her speech, but because of the smell of the fragrance that she poured out at his feet. Now, I can't find one time where she said a word in the passage, but Jesus said wherever the gospel is preached, the memory of what this woman has done will be told because some sermons are preached through smell rather than by sound. I'll prove it to you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went down in a fiery furnace. I'm preaching now. We've had the introduction, and they turned up the heat. Seven times hotter than normal, and they thought it would kill them. But when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. And when you don't smell like what you've been through, and when you've been through the fire, but you're not bitter about it. The silent sermon. Jesus got down in the dirt one day 
and a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery was about to get stoned. Jesus said, if you've never done anything deserving of becoming human target practice, go ahead and fire away. And then he knelt down in the dirt, said not another word, and everybody started walking away, and he said not a word. He was writing in the dirt. I think he was writing their names and what they did on prom night. But I don't know what he wrote. Maybe just the essence of his presence was enough that his perfection became a reflection of their need for grace. Some of the greatest sermons are silent sermons. Silent sermons. Those guys preached one today before I ever opened my mouth. The preaching started. Sam and Brian, you don't know them. They brought my pulpit out. They said something before I said something. First of all, they said that this is a heavy pulpit. They've been listening. By the way, when you're really strong, you don't have to talk about how strong you are. Real strength shows. And when you really love God, sometimes it's something that's a seemingly insignificant act of service. I wonder if their sermon will actually mean more to God than mine because nobody will download Sam's podcast. But he preached. It's a silent sermon. People ask me often, when are you going to let Holly preach more? First of all, she told me two times a year, any more than that, and she's leaving me. She doesn't like it that much. But she preaches every week. Every week she preaches. Every week. If you don't believe me, just look over at her right now. She's got her notebook open, and this is the second time she's heard this sermon. And she's still pretending to take notes and writing a grocery list. (laughs) That's not true. She gets something new out of it every time. It's a silent sermon. Silent sermon. Can you preach a silent sermon? Lazarus did. The Bible says that Jesus needed some way to reveal that he was not only healer, but he was resurrection. But if he said it, people might doubt it. But if he did it, somebody had to die. Sometimes the greatest sermon of your life will be by the things that you went through. In fact, I love it. Because at St. Baptist, where the woman wrote the perfume, her name was Mary, she was Lazarus' sister, and while she was pouring out perfume, Lazarus was chilling laid back at the table. He didn't have to say a word. The fact that he was dead and now alive, the fact that he was in the ground and was now sitting at the table was proof of the power of God. How many know just the fact that you showed up to church today makes the devil sick? He can't stand to see you in the house of God. Preaching by my very presence. It's a silent sermon. So when David says the sun makes its circuit, he's not giving us a science lesson. He's showing us something about how creation preaches silent sermons. Day after day and night after night, he said, they pour forth the glory of God. They speak, but you can't hear it. Some of God's greatest work is seeing, not heard, not heard, 
the sky is free to silent sermon, the consistency of the solar system. It says something to us about the nature of life, that it is cyclical. Some of the things that you think are circumstantial in your life are actually cyclical. I think that's a big part of maturity, is learning what's cyclical. And not just running around from situation to situation, but understanding the cycles that create the situations. Because if you don't understand the cycle that creates a situation, you will be dealing with situation after situation after situation after situation. I don't need to be a science teacher to explain to you that the solar system operates on cycles. You understand we're making a trip right now. We do it every 365. Sometimes it takes us 366 on those leap years, but we're, we're making a cycle. David said that the, the heavens are declaring the glory of God, and they keep on doing it consistently in a cycle. And although we know that technically he's not explaining how the universe works, he's giving us a picture of the sun in its circuit. The whole text kind of has this theme of it that we're going round and round and round and round. He ends the psalm saying, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. He starts with the solar system, the heavens declare the glory of God, and he ends with his soul. So from the solar system to his soul, everything is on a cycle. It's a cycle. Whatever you're thinking about right now, it's because of a cycle. In fact, I think it's very, very good to start your day with God because it starts the cycle from the right place. I think that's why it's really important. If you can, read a Bible verse before you read a Facebook post because it's just a better, purer cycle. If it's possible, before you check email, check your knee mail. I just threw that into the corny people. I would never say that. I would, a lesser preacher would say something like that. Does somebody say it's a cycle? And he uses this phrase, the meditation of my heart. Don't get it together. Wasn't that bad? Meditation is not a high yoga term. Meditation is not a term reserved exclusively for Eastern religion. Meditation, actually, in Hebrew, is a musical term. I know you didn't know that. That's why I'm telling you. It's like David... Okay, here's where I learned about what meditation is. Because for years and years and years and years, I thought that what I said to God was my prayer life. And so I say a lot of stuff to God, and I would say all the stuff that I need God to do, and I, sometimes I would lose focus, and I had prayer lists and prayer thoughts and all that, and it felt real boring. I didn't realize that there were some things that God wanted to say to me. I didn't understand the power of the silent sermon until I went to see Ed Sheeran in concert. And I have nothing against Ed Sheeran. In fact, I think Ed Sheeran has written some beautiful songs. How many would agree 
that Ed Sheeran has written some beautiful songs. Three of you. But I'm just saying, this is not a rant against Ed Sheeran, but I went to see Ed Sheeran because Holly likes boring music, and, and Ed Sheeran had, had, had an interesting way of doing a concert, and, and it, it was surprising to me because Ed Sheeran did a whole concert without a band. A whole, a whole 90 minutes set in an arena. When I say it was boring, maybe I'm just spoiled. Because I pastor a church with the greatest musicians you will find anywhere in the city, the state. Come on, GTA, the continent. And that is, no, that is, Ed Sheeran didn't even have a band. No bass player, no kick drum. No electric guitar. 90 minutes of him with his guitar and his accent. And he had this little pedal. Come here, David. David's going to help me. Yeah, give it up for David. This is the other King David. This is David, David Leona, the king of the strings, the king of the six-string guitar. David's going to do his best Ed Sheeran impersonation. Because what, what Ed Sheeran did, I had to ask somebody the first time I saw Ed do this, I didn't know what it was. Because I saw him, he would play something, and then he would stop playing it, but it kept going. And that's because he had one of these, right? It's called a loop station. If you're taking notes, you look like you're waiting for something to write down at some point in this sermon. Write down the word loop, loop. And shows how the looping station works because he doesn't have a drummer because apparently he's cheap. So instead of instead of hiring a drummer, he made his own drums on the guitar. Just give him an example. See what he did? He looped it. Now we got a beat. See, you can move to that a little bit. But he's not doing anything. But he set something in motion. And there it is. Now put something on top of it. Look something else. Ooh, that's nice, David. I like that jazzy major seven stuff. <laughs> Ooh, that's pretty soulful for a white boy. That's good, baby. Do something else on it. All we're doing, back in the loops. That's all we're doing. Come on, that's too sexy for church, David. Take it all the way back down. Take something out. Take that out. I'll start it. All these layers. Start with a loop. With a loop. And what I found out, David, they make it stop. <laughs> but sometimes I wonder that about my heart. 
how do I make it stop? Because I get stuck in a loop. You ever been stuck in a loop? I'm talking about in your mind now, not if it's a bar or anything like that. You ever been stuck in a loop where you find yourself in an absolute state of panic that started, watch this, with a silent sermon? Moses isn't the only one who preached silent sermons. Lazarus isn't the only one who preached silent sermons. Jesus isn't the only one who preached a silent sermon. David isn't the only one who preached a silent sermon. Not only do the stars and the sun and the skies and the solar system preach a silent sermon, I got bad news for you. The devil preaches silent sermons. You ever been stuck in a loop of lies? Please talk to me. I feel awful lonely up here. Concord, they're giving me no love. You don't admit it, but, but some of your relationships went on track, not because of what was said in the relationship, but because of what was not said, what you started saying to yourself. He said within himself. That's what the rich man did. In the parable, when he said to himself, I'll build many barns. I'll take life easy. He didn't know that very night his life would be required. He said to himself, it matters where you start with what you think about. And self is a very small sun for your life to orbit around. It's a very limited loop. Self is a it's a very small scale to see the world in. I don't think it's going to bring me joy. I don't think it's going to bring me peace. I don't think I'm going to figure out a solution if I start with myself. I need a new loop. I said I need a new loop. Some of you came to church today not just to hear a sermon, but to preach one to yourself. Why don't you start with your source and not with yourself? Now it's a hill. Well, I have a special resource that I would have put in your hands today. It's called Running on Empty. It's about overflowing supply for overwhelming situations. I know you're not facing any overwhelming situations right now. I know your kids are probably perfect. You got the marriage of your dreams, the house of your dreams. But some of us have bills to pay, maybe issues in our body, dysfunctional family members. I mean, I have a perfect wife, but I can relate to overwhelming situations. We all know what it feels like to have more month than you have money, to have more stress than you have energy, to have more problems than you have solutions, to have more questions than you have wisdom. Well, the good news is God is not limited in the areas where you lack. This is a game changer, and I want to get this series of messages into your hands today so that you can live from a place of overflow, abundance, and possibility. I love this resource because sometimes we do start to think more about our lack than we do about the source that has all that we need. And no matter what you're facing today, God is trying to bless you, but you have to take hold of it. So we want you to get hold of this resource. Call 
or go online right now and request your copy of Running on Empty. You don't have to tell the person that you're talking to on the phone where you feel empty. God knows what you need, and he has what you need, and it can be yours if you reach out and take it by faith. It's yours with a gift of any amount to the ministry today. These five messages are going to help you discover the endless, bottomless, abundant supply that is available to you in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Time for you to see what God can do through you. Stop living in overwhelm and start living in the overflow. Here's more details. So it was last fall, and it was the worst. Oh, the worst. Okay, maybe not the worst, but it was so draining. Ethan had football. Rory had karate, and Ashley had just started band. Yes, and I felt like they all needed to be somewhere at the exact same time. But it didn't help that I was at the office working the deposition until, like, late every single night. And we finally get home, and it would be calm. And you would walk in the door and say, Daddy's home, and the kids would lose their mind. Yeah, so probably not my smartest move, but I was just so excited. You guys, I had to come home. You know? I know, I love the way that you love us, but I just felt like an invisible robot with no control. You were a cute robot. <laughs> it's just that everything was so crazy and busy, I felt like there was nothing left for me. Well, until we were on the couch here watching the movie. Yes, and Ashley started jumping up and down and accidentally hit the remote, and then there was this pastor up on the screen, and I will never forget what he said. You know you can be surrounded by all these blessings, all this provision, but if you don't know how to turn the blessing into praise, your life will never be filled with joy. It was like a light bulb went on. It really was. I know that life is not really going to slow down, but I don't have to be running on empty in the process. Running on empty is a series that will remind you to stay connected to the source and tap into a supply you didn't even know you had. Call or go online now to request these exclusive resources today. boyfriend or girlfriend, so chill out. I'm not asking you to break up with somebody today. I'm talking about breaking up with comfortable Christianity. The channel, the various content we have, we can reach young people, we can reach older people, we can go to palaces, we can go to prisons, we can take the message everywhere. The power of it is incredible. Join us for a special event about the mission of the Hill the opportunity for people to hear stories of transformation. That thing that happened in this prison is when they brought the Hillsong Channel to And how people's lives have been impacted. Don't miss it. Well, the Hillsong Channel is such a blessing to us for the opportunity to take television around the world. We're excited that the team that's with us and this is growing. By team, I mean you. And I would love to become part of a subscription where we will send you a team box. In other words, every month you will get all sorts of sports, resources, information that will help you to feel like you're part of that team and will help us take this great message forward. Introducing the Hillsong Team Box, an exclusive monthly subscription that delivers 
Here's how it works. Each month, we'll send you the Hillsong Team Box full of exclusive resources at 50% off, free shipping in the U.S., and no hidden fees, a combination of worship, books, T-shirts, apparel, devotional, and more. Join a group of people across the globe who are bringing the hope of Jesus to humanity. Visit Hillsong.com forward slash team to join today. Hillsong Channel Now. The brand-new video-on-demand service is here. All around the world. And for a limited time, you can access original series and hit shows entirely for free. This a great celebration. Head to HillsongChannelNow.com and discover your favorite shows on your favorite device. Hillsong Channel Now. Anytime, anywhere. The whole God's dream Joseph had was about saving the nation of Egypt, saving his family household, and helping other nations that were in distress. The dream God has for your life is not so you can be awesome. Because the more awesome you want to be, the smaller you got to be. The greater you want to be, the smaller you got to be. You want to be a leader, you want to go higher, you got to get lower. See, the kingdom of God is all upside down. Paul, almost 10 years ago, my dad, my hero, my pastor passed away unexpectedly. He built a big church and left some pretty large shoes to fill. When he died, I didn't just lose my dad. I lost my faith. I lost my purpose and my future. But God showed up and restored my faith. He gave me a message of hope to share with you. You're here on purpose. God is not finished with you yet. Your best days are right in front of you, and you have victory in your life because Jesus lives in you. The greatest dreams that you can dream are God's dreams. How do you know if it's a God's dream? How do you know if it's a God's dream? Turn the person and say, how do you know if it's a God's dream? I used to, I used to ask.
Enjoy Stingray music free on your mobile. The devil doesn't understand who you are. He begins to work. He's so awesome. We're hanging in hell. It's just a question. Ask your cancer. Ask your mother heart. Thank you. 
You're listening to Stingray Music.
No, we had one day of, uh, uh, did maybe snow a little bit and flurries and stuff. And then maybe, maybe a couple of days, but then after that, it warmed back up. So I'm like, cool. Wolves killing them germs. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, that's right. All good. Yeah. It's all good. You can go ahead and open us up, young man. Sure. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we come and assemble ourselves, Lord God, to worship and praise your holy name. We come to give glory, Lord God, to you, Lord God, the author and the finisher of our faith. We come and praise your name, Lord God, for you are our shield and our buckler. You are our very present help in the time of trouble. Oh, God, we just glorify your name. Thank you, Lord God, for watching over us as we slept last night, Lord God. Thou who never slumbered nor sleep, Lord God, you painted the Lamb's blood over the doorposts and the mountains of our doors. If the death angel pass by, Lord God, we want to say thank you. We want to thank you that you woke us up this morning clothed in our right mind, Lord God, with a portion of our health and our strength. Lord God, to give praise and honor and thanks to you, Lord God, to seek your will and your way for our lives throughout this day. Even as you have awakened us, Lord, to be part of your day, Lord God, we ask, O Heavenly Father, that your Holy Spirit is that you will come and dwell among us, Lord God, and be a part of our day. Lead and guide us in the direction that you have of us to go. Come and protect us from all dangers, seen and unseen. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for being our judge and our jury. Those who, Lord God, even with Jesus on Calvary cross, Lord God, he took on the sins, our sins, Lord God. And he brought, he brought them on Calvary's cross. And he defeated, defeated death, hell, and the grave, Lord God. And for that, Lord God, we get the victory. And we want to say thank you. We want to thank you, O oh Lord God, that you have given us the mind to pray. My mind to seek your face, your will, and your way. Father God, we ask you to cast anything that is not of you, Lord God, out of us. If it's our own self-pride, Lord God, but in the middle of that, that word pride, Lord God, it's the letter I. If it's sin, Lord God, in the middle of that word, Lord God, it's I. Father God, so if it's anything that we've done to fall short of your glory, Lord God, to keep us receiving the blessings of Abraham, to keep us from receiving the increase, Lord God, in the in the and the blessings that you have for us, Lord God. We actually cast us out right now, Lord God. So we denounce pride right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We do not, not denounce arrogance, self-centeredness, Lord God, boastfulness, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. And we humble ourselves before your holy throne. Father God, come and keep us and protect us on our jobs. Come and keep us as we travel to near and far. Come and keep our families and our loved ones, Lord, safe from all danger, seen and unseen. Come and keep our brothers and sisters who trust and believe in you, Lord God, and hide us in the shadow of your almighty wings, Lord God. Cover us, Lord God, that the enemies would not be able to come and disrupt that which you have given to us. Father God, we thank you for what you've done and what you're doing in our lives. Lord God, we are a better people because we trust and believe in your word. We have studied, we are studying your word, Lord God, so we pray, Lord God, that you have... <coughs> Give us the wisdom and the knowledge and understanding of what the scriptures teach is speaking to us, Lord God. Each and every day, Lord God, that we come before you, Lord God, there are new blessings, there are new mercies, there are new 
grace, Lord God, that you give upon us. Anoint this call afresh, Lord God. Anoint Sam so that he can carry out the task that you have assigned for him to do. Let him not be weary in well-doing, Lord God, for in due season, Lord God, he's going to reap, Lord God, if he faint not. Father God, we ask you to cover and keep all of our sisters and brothers, Pam, Erica, Felicia, Lisa, Miss, Miss Renee, Mother Regina, Sherry, Louis, Mark, Dr. Dijon, the many people who come on this call to sub, Lord God, and to commune with you, Lord God, we ask you to keep them, Lord God, in perfect peace. Let their spirits and their countenance be shown before man, Lord God, that you are ever present in their lives. Let your glory be around them. Come and keep them, protect them from all danger seen and unseen. Father God, we even pray for those, Lord God, who are born by their own way of their own devices, seeking whom they may devour so that they can excel, Lord God, in the task and in the things that they have, Lord God. But Father God, they not they don't know you. Lord God, so we pray for them. We pray for the sinner, Lord God, who have not yet confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior of their lives, that they too will become, Lord God, children of God if they seek your face. For they will seek your face, they will call upon the name of Jesus, because your word has already spoken it, Lord God. So we ask you, Lord God, just to keep our, just keep our country, keep our land, keep the elderly, keep those in prisons, those who are bereaved, those who are grieving for those uh, of their lost loved ones, Lord God, in perfect peace. We pray, Lord God, that you just keep us all, Lord God, under around your throne, Lord God. For around your throne there's safety. Around your throne there's healing and deliverance. Around the, your throne there's salvation. There's grace. There's new mercies that's given to us each and every day. And we want to praise you and thank you, Lord God, that you remembered us. And we thank you, Lord Jesus. And I'm praying to you, Lord Jesus, now. God, I want to thank you that you call each and every one of our names before the throne of grace and mercy, that you call and you pray for us in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that even when we are being tried, Lord, that we will be strengthened, Lord God, because you have already prayed for us. Keep us in that perfect place, Lord God, so we can see and hear your face. Now, see your face. Seek your face. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Let the anointing of Christ 
cover and keep us, Lord. Mm. Yes, that's right there. Right there, right there, right there, right there, right there, right there, right there. Yes, 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 yes. Yonder the Poseke, Parambopra, Yonder the Poseke, Parambrande, Yankarapete, Shkararakosa, Paramboske, Shelukombosete, Parandeke, Shelukondros, Karakanda. Yes, 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 Lord. Parambokos, Kerekandaka. Yes, 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 Father God. Parandeke, Sandaka, Parandeke, Shelukosete, Parashandras, Kerekosandaka, Yes, 
Yes, Lord. Oh, yada kosakada. Yes. Yes, Daddy God. As your anointing begins to flow, as the power of God begins to come forth, speak to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Speak to us. Thank you, Daddy God. Speak to us.
Okay, sorry. You remember how my lips swole up when you were here? You said, remember what? When my lips swole up when you were here. Oh, yeah. It did it again, and I figured out what it was. I was trying to figure out what the... Remember I went to pick up a prescription when you guys were here, and I took and I took the prescription that night. And then when I woke up with my face looking crazy, well, I took um, one of those same pills uh, Sunday night and woke up the same way yesterday morning, or when I tell you. No, okay. And I, you know, because I have been trying to figure out what in the world. You know, did I eat? Well, I didn't eat anything. Got an allergic reaction to a prescription. So you know what that means. You ain't taking that no more. Man, you know what I want to say. Hell no. (laughs) No. Because I was trying to figure out my my lips swollen, itching, tongue swollen, tingling. I said, ooh, jeez. Uh-huh. And that's the only thing that I did. And I said, well, at least I figured out what in the world it is that got me tripping. But, yeah, so hence my life. Uh-huh. The good thing is I figured it out. Not so much that I feel the way that I feel, but that I figured it out. <laughs> so you gotta get another prescription, or you just gonna stop taking it? Period. I'm just gonna stop taking it. Okay. And when um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just gonna stop taking it. Bump that. <laughs> Because there's nothing in my right mind that tells me otherwise. So, you know, that's pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to pray. Amen, God. Because I have a meeting in a few minutes, Jesus. Oh, amen. Koshere me hei sara. Shoko shisere hei sitara. Moko shara hei sitere. Keshi sara moko shira. Totoro moko shara. Hei sere me kesha. Gracious God, our Father, we just say thank you this morning. God, thank you for your covering and protection, God. And I ask that you continue to guide and lead and be in the lives of all of us that seek you and seek guidance and understanding from you. Good morning. God, I just ask that you cover my household, my children, my workplace. God, I ask that you give me traveling grace and mercy as I travel to and fro work from one building to the next. 
Good morning. I'm well. How are you? Okay. All right. Um, I'm
Enjoy Stingray music free on your mobile.
inside south. When the devil come and I call out, you're the king of kings and the lord of lords. You are God. Uh, and I can't worry about what a church people say. They did a job for me and I just want to mess my words and put you good and say you pray and make me hope. Make me do it, clean my show. I get my hands and cry out to you because I want to go higher and deeper. So I know I know Oh, my God. 
got all the kids, got all of them. So I started watching it. Hush, get a comprende the position, the position. Do rumbles, get a good boost, get a comprende the boost, and rose, get a boost, the caca, rose, get a boost, and rose, sakra. Rose and hospital in the community. Hush, get a position, 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 my parents wish to go fishing, go fishing, go fishing, go saga. Wish to go fishing, go fishing. Wish to go saga. Wish to go fishing, go fishing, go fishing, go saga. Wish to go fishing, go saga. Sakra. Trauma center church. Wish to go fishing, go fishing, go fishing, go saga. Wish to go fishing, go fishing, go fishing, go saga. Wish to go fishing, go fishing, go fishing, go saga.
Hello. Yeah, what up, Nick? Good morning. Not much. Nick's doing something and stop playing. <laughs> How are you this morning? I'm all right. Not feeling well, but I'm all right. You see your eyes going? My allergies and asthma bother me for the last past few days. Changing well? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, I understand. I understand. Uh, what was I? Uh, come here in church, teach me how to take a shot and run the go say the go run the go say the go say the I uh, abuse and addiction. Push to the go station, go station, saga. Push to the go station, go station, saga. Push to the go station, go station, saga, saga, saga. Okay. Head it all with that one. And now, walking in the realm of the supernatural. Push to the go station, go saga. Push to the go station, rush to the go saga. Bushkiri go station, Rashkiri go station, Randir go station, Randir go saga, Shibitkiri go mbuska, Parandishkiri go randata, Rambuskiri ka, Yarambuskiri go sege, Parandishkiri go sege, go sege saga, Bushkiri go station, go station saga, saga. The sermon, push to the position of a station of a station of Sada, push to the position of a station of a station of Sada, push to the position of a station of a station of Sada, push to the under the Saka. Financial breakthroughs and turnarounds. Run the negotiation, 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 Okay. Woo. Where's Mercy Paper? 
Peace, fast, all understand. Growth and I give some my fruits. Rumbo, go fishy, go fishy, go fishy, go saga. Rumbo, go fishy, go fishy, go fishy, go saga. Rumbo, go fishy, go fishy, go fishy, go saga. Run the position of the the Run the 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 Anybody got anything? 
Let the music play. Send out a text. Go from there. Thank you. 
Take away my ill 
Ray music, all good vibes. Don't be a dead 
from every one of us. For if we live, move, and have our faith, it's all because of Jesus.
Enjoy Stingray music free on your mobile. People say, Tim, yo, in my hip bone. How you do it? How you stay strong? Let them all know. There's so much that I live through. I have a day when it's true, dog. I just can't stop. I just won't cry. It ain't easy. Sometimes it's worth just to be alive. But when I think of the goodness that comes to me, it's easier to let go.
Yes, Holy Spirit, as we go forth, reveal to us that which you want us to know. Let us hear from you, Father God. Speak to your children. Open up our eyes, our hearts, our spirits to receive that which you want us to have. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Okay. Gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit. Where did I leave off yesterday? The gift of faith functions on behalf of the believer to bring about that which otherwise would not be possible through that person's efforts. Let's illustrate this gift of faith with some examples from the Word of God. Moses, according to the Word of God, took his staff and dropped it at the feet of the greatest king of his day, Pharaoh of Egypt. Pharaoh was the strongest monarch upon the face of the earth at that time. He was the kingdom of strength on earth. When Moses laid down his shepherd's staff, it suddenly changed into a king cobra. So Pharaoh called in his magicians. When they threw down their staffs, they too became serpents. But Moses' serpent devoured theirs. When Moses reached down and took up the cobra, it became a staff again, Exodus 7, 10-13. Here was a functioning of sovereign power on Moses' behalf. Moses had nothing to do with what happened. He was just an observer of what God did, and it was a miracle, very convincing to the monarch. Pharaoh finally let the children of Israel leave the land of Egypt because of the mighty miraculous signs that Moses called into being. Moses called the miracle into being, and God performed them. The great power of God was demonstrated without Moses even lifting a finger. He just folded his hands. Okay. A gift of faith functions on behalf of the believer to bring about that which otherwise would not be possible through that person's efforts. Okay, so first of all, understanding that we are vessels. If you would keep that act under that that humility and position, you are allowing God to work through you and in you. Moses, according to the word of God, took his staff and dropped it at the feet of the greatest king of his day, Pharaoh of Egypt. Pharaoh was the strongest monarch upon the face of the earth that at time at that time, his kingdom was strength on earth. So right now, Moses being obedient, because remember that when God first called Moses and how Moses, I can't, I ain't, I ain't, you know, and ran. So after a while, finally him and God came to, you know, to upon agreement. So now he's facing Pharaoh. So he, in agreement, 
and obedience takes the staff and throws it down, and it becomes a snake. Then Pharaoh causes magicians, and then they throw their staffs down, and they become snakes too. So you know what, what caught my interest? Again, both of them are familiar with the realm of the supernatural. Oh, that's what you want to do. I'm looking at Pharaoh's position. Oh, that's all you got? Magicians come in here and do this. They did the same thing. See, I'm just trying to bring out the realm of the supernatural. But it's coming from two different positions. Moses was coming from that of God. Pharaoh was coming from that of Lucifer, Satan, because he's the prince of the power of the air. The supernatural realm is a supernatural realm. So, you know, Pharaoh wasn't, whatever, I can do that too. But then the dominant was when Moses' snake ate up both of Pharaoh's snakes. Again, that's why you always got to keep in your mind that I serve the Most High. You cannot do anything to me that God does not allow. And if God allows it, then there's a purpose for it. If you will walk in that, and I mean, it's just like even yesterday when we're talking with, um, with Vanessa. If you begin to change your mindset and walk in that humility, God will keep you, train you, and he will use you in great and mighty ways. Elijah. The gift of faith is beautifully, beautifully shown to us in the life of Elijah, God's prophet. In 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah was hidden away in the wilderness with nothing to eat, and there was no bakers or shops close by. The Lord caused the ravens to bring meat and bread to Elijah. It was a miracle that the ravens did not eat the food before it reached Elijah, because that is their natural way of doing things. But God is able to take that which ordinarily happens and change it to suit his purposes. Mm. So the ravens, okay, now check this out. The ravens. No, brother. Go ahead. You got to take into consideration going back to the, 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 the magicians. Mm-hmm. The magicians and psychics and soothsayers and warlocks and all those different things are demonic parallels to the church. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds crazy. No, no. They're demonic parallels to the church for the simple fact is that psychics and prophets have the same gift. Mm. Come on. One of them is going to get paid from the world. One of them is going to get paid from the heavenly realm. Um, you ultimately have to know that you ultimately have to know that um, when you are doing what God is saying, you are you being a vessel of honor. When you're not doing what he's saying, you're still being a vessel of dishonor, but you're still going to be used mm-hmm. one way or the other. Now, with that being said, we have to take into consideration, like I said, because of those parallels, the church still has an understanding of why it was, or needs to have the understanding of why it was that the snakes were eaten because of the fact that they were all snakes. The father allowed the snakes to be eaten for the simple fact is that you cannot basically become a God greater than the God that we serve. 
So he couldn't allow the magicians to basically have whatever they worship, whomever they worship, and it be um, more powerful than him. That's why the snakes were cast down. That's why the rods were cast down to the floor, and then they were eaten because of the fact of this is that ultimately it's the same. I can't say it any different. It's the same power. It's the same gift, but it's just more the fact of how it matriculates with the person, how that person decides to deal with it, how that person basically tries to figure out how they're going to use it for their advantage versus doing what God is saying. So ultimately, that's why we have people who don't trust the giftings of the church right now because of the one, the mere fact that people feel say this is what God is saying, but they do this from an influential standpoint, and realistically, it's not what God said. It's what they wanted to say that God said. So ultimately, that shows us that the giftings are truly the same, but how people use it and how people basically say what God is saying and being used by God it's ultimately the biggest issue as to what's going to happen because they're only going to say and do if they're not living right what they want people to hear. That's how the Bible says you have an itching ear to hear but denying the power therein because people want you to tell them a lie versus tell them the truth. What well, sounds good feels good. Right. That's it. I mean, ultimately, that's who we are as a people. Not saying that to everybody, but truly, people want you to tell them we're going to make them feel good versus understanding that, you know what? I am a wretched, nasty mess. You're right. And let me strive to be better and do better. Because at the end of the day, we don't think that that is ultimately our responsibility because of the fact that God's going to take me as I am. He's going to use you, yes. But that does not mean that you should not have to change. And ultimately, that's what we don't want to do. We should change because change to us means that, oh, I'm not everything that I said that I was. I'm not all that in the bag of chips. I am nasty. I do have some things I got to work on. But when people are basically not willing to see the difference, ultimately you see that they are dealing with things from a skewed perspective. And that perspective a lot of times is because they want to use the excuse of being a flawed human. Well, I'm human, so I'm expected to do these things. But there's some humans that live holy on a regular basis. There's some humans that live righteous on a regular basis. We are not um, free from that obligation and the, um, the responsibility of such. So we think that we are because we always pull the human card.
Okay. So we're talking about Elijah was hidden away in the wilderness with nothing to eat, and there's no bakers or shops close by. The Lord caused the ravens to bring meat and bread to Elijah. It was a miracle that the ravens did not eat the food before it reached Elijah, because that is a natural way of doing things. But God is able to take that which ordinarily happens and change it to suit his purposes. So two things caught my attention. Like he said, the ravens didn't eat the food, and they're also the humbleness of Elijah. How many, and I'm going to say the humbleness, and also, I don't know what, when you get to a point in your life where you just yield to whatever God wants you to do, how many of you all are going to eat behind the bird? Especially nowadays. Oh, the giant, I can't, okay, but see, when you're in a position of desperation, your attitude changes. All that finicky and pickiness and all that, okay. Then I also put you in a position that you got to trust God. Well, the bird gave me some food. He got germs. Well, didn't God ordain it? So you need to trust God. And I'm saying that because, see, that again, that's another way that God uses you to get out of yourself. That's why we're blocking so many of our blessings because we're still caught up in us. What we wouldn't do, it doesn't come in the form or fashion of how we think. We look down and frown upon certain things. I would never do that. God can't use all of that. Elijah did nothing to get his meals. There was no labor on his part, none whatsoever. He just said, Lord, I thank you for supplying my needs. Here we find that not only did God supply Elijah his bread and meat there, but when the brook dried up, God told Elijah, Arise and get thee to Zarephath. Behold, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. When Elijah reached Zarephath, he found the widow was almost almost about to die. He asked her for some bread and water, and she told him, I had not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil and cruise, and behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and for my son, that we may eat it and die. Response, Elijah spoke words of faith and comfort to her. He said, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me a cake there, but make me there of a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after that make for thee and for thy son. Elijah told him make a little cake first. You know, when we pay our tithes to God first, we're going to get first treatment from him. God will treat us that way, and I want first-class treatment from God, don't you? So the woman prepared the cake and gave it to Elijah first, and through the command of this prophet of God, she and her house did eat many days, and the barrel meal wasted not, neither did the little cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. The woman was supernaturally fed three years of famine because of the word spoken of God's man, Elijah. That was a gift of faith to Elijah. So first we talked about the widow, the uh, raven feeding him. Then when the brook dries up, the Lord commands him to get up and move. He does and does. He gets up and move as the Lord, as the Holy Spirit leads him. He comes to the widow woman. The God had already spoken into his spirit and said, that's the woman that's going to, you know, sustain you. He gives her a command. Now, she could have disobeyed the command. She could have walked in self. How often is it that God asks us to give or to do something when we're in a position where, really, Lord, how am I going to do this? 
really, Lord, where's this going to come from? I don't even have enough myself. And you asking me to, you asking me, Lord, you asking me to somebody about something that I myself, Lord, you asking me a word of encouragement. And, Lord, I really feel down in the dumps myself. Lord, you asking me to know where I got money from. That That's bringing where we can relate. But it's out of, see, that's when God wants to know, will, will you trust him and will you be obedient? Will you move at his command? See, that's when he's really, he's standing, okay, I want to see what you're going to do. And when you do what he calls you to do, that's when the miracles happen, the manifestations occur, not before. Another another example of the gift of faith and operations in Second Kings chapter six. Elisha had his Bible school boys out cutting down some trees. One of the students hit a tree with an axe. The axe head flew off and fell into the Jordan River. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed them the place and he cut down the stick, cast in thither, and the iron did swim. Man of God Elisha acted in the gift of faith, illustrating the power of so the student did what we do. Oh, man. I ain't got no. I borrowed this because I was so thankful that I could even get up here to hang out with Alicia to learn how to do this. And I didn't even have it, but I know I needed it. And I borrowed it from somebody. Now, this tool that I borrowed, man, I can't, I can't, I can't, I, I can't do this. Don't that sound like us? When we step out trying to do something and, we, you know, we're really pushing and stretching ourselves, then something bad happens and we trip out. We trip out. Alicia, with experience, with relationship, with connection, here comes Alicia and said, what's the problem? See, 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 that's that maturation. That's that experience. You know, that, that I've been there and done that. Oh, really? What's going on? Okay. Okay. And then at this time, he's talking to God, and God tells him what to do. So we got to go back to process. Because, see, that Elisha was once a student. He was a student of Elijah. Alicia was once in that same position when that student was crying and, and tripping out. But we got to go back to process. So these, I mean, all of this is, is experience and maturation, but it, but it comes from stepping out there, being obedient, getting up out of yourself, trying God, seeking and allowing God to be God. Those are the things the Holy Spirit wants us to do. So that you can go from a student to an Elijah to an Alicia. Seven of the nine gifts of the Spirit function in the Old Testament. The only two of the nine gifts that began with the New Testament are those of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. These seven gifts in the Old Testament did not function in the same way as in the New Testament. They came upon men only at special times and special situations. Elisha was one of the most remarkable of these men. Read 2 Kings chapter 2 through 13. And notice how many times Elisha demonstrated the word of knowledge. He functioned in the word of knowledge more than anyone of his day. 
Read beginning with the time Elijah called him into service until his death. And see how many times he supernaturally understood things from a distance. It is a very enlightening study. And then i got to point out how uh, Felicia actually went back because Elisha had, he asked for a double portion of Elijah's anointing. And Felicia actually went and she actually went and studied and, and found out that he did, he did at least twice as many miracles, uh, 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 recorded miracles. He did at least as twice as many recorded miracles than Elijah did. I thought, oh, okay. Daniel. Daniel was a remarkable man of faith, having been brought from his homeland of Israel to Babylon. He was a refugee, but more than that, Daniel was a prisoner of war. He was such a handsome, clever fellow that he was put into training with the other young man. He was so clever, in fact, that he soon rose to the top and some of his friends was actually ruling Babylon. The Babylonians became jealous of Daniel because of his remarkable wisdom which was actually coming from God. He had a source of information, a source of blessing, which the Babylonians knew nothing about. Out of jealousy, these the men spied on Daniel to find something from which they could accuse him before the king. When they found him praying three times a day to Jehovah, they managed to trick the king into passing the law, proclaiming that prayer could be offered to no one except the king of Babylon. They made their king into a god, not because they loved him, but because they hated Daniel. The penalty for anyone disobeying his law was to be thrown into a special den of lions. Daniel knew about the law, but his faith was so strong that he would not stop praying to his God. He prayed that his window he prayed with his window wide open for all to hear and see. Eventually he was arrested and brought before the king. When the king realized what had happened, he was very sorry about the situation, but had no choice except to condemn, to condemn Daniel and commanded that he be cast in the den of lions. The king must have had faith in Daniel's faith, though because he told him, Thy God whom you serve continually, he will deliver thee. And the next morning he heard to check on Daniel. He must have had faith or he would have not done that. He simply would have sent servants out to pick up Daniel's bones. When he reached the den, he found Daniel safe and sound, ready to go back to work. How did that happen? By the power of faith. When Daniel was placed in the den of lions, he was immediately the master. Come on, see, I got to stop that right there. Okay, I'm going to back this up because, see, before I even go any further, let me start over. So I'm also believing Daniel was um, a eunuch, if I'm correct. I have to go back through the scriptures. I think that he castrated him as well. I'm not sure, but I think he was castrated. So it says, Daniel was a remarkable man of faith, having been brought from the homeland of Israel to Babylon. He was a refugee, but more than that, he was a prisoner of war. Because remember, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, that was the first king, not this king here. That's, this king here is his son. But Nebuchadnezzar had taken over Israel, captured them, and brought them, brought some of the best of the children of Israel because he was trying to establish his kingdom, and that's what you do. You know, if you got somebody skilled in this, skilled in that, skilled in that, because I'm going to bring out the best. So, you know, bring out the best people, the best cattle, the prettiest ones, because I'm trying to have a, I'm trying to have a, a pretty society. I want to be able to pick. That's what, that's what they did. So they brought Daniel out, as well as other people, and a lot of the artifacts and gold, etc. The Babylonians became jealous of Daniel because of his remarkable wisdom, which is actually coming from God. 
He had a source of information, a source of blessing, which the Babylonians knew nothing about. So Daniel, remember when they first got that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They got thrown in jail, and they refused to eat the portions of the king. They said, but let check us to see if we... If we if we lose any weight, if we're bad, so when they, they say, okay, we're gonna give you a try, so they did not eat. They ate as they were told to eat from the god, and then when the king, when the uh, head man came back, they were they were better looking than those who were eating that, so they were trusting the god back then. So that back, but again, that was back when Nebuchadnezzar was king. So now he had already he had big by this point in time, so out of jealousy. These men spied on Daniel to find something from which they could accuse him before the king. So at this point in time, Daniel had become established. He's had a reputation. The king had put him in the, the, above all the other magicians and astrologers. So Daniel walked in his integrity, but he also walked in his relationship. See that? And that's going back to even, um, hold on. Okay, so again, so Daniel had, you know, they were, um, they had a reputation. Down, Daniel was established, and he was walking in who he knew. He didn't walk around trying to condemn them, talk about them, convert them. No, he just walked with his God, and that spoke more than than anything else. So Daniel knew about the law because they're talking about the law where the men were tricking him and they're trying to get him to pray with God. So what they basically did is they, they were trying to, they conspired. Just like, you know, same thing they do nowadays. They do did it back then, men and men. So they conspired. They created a law to get the king because actually the king was, he liked Daniel because Daniel was helping him out. He was helping his kingdom flourish. So now they created a law which appeased to the king's pride. Okay, we're going to make you a king. They're going to bow down and worship you. So a piece to the king's pride. So he's like, yeah, that sounds good to me. But when he found out it was about Daniel, then he was like, oh, man, what am I going to do? But he couldn't go back on his word. He was, I can't go back on my word. So I can't, if I go back on my word, then how can I expect anybody else to follow my laws and decrees if I'm going to break them? So the king must have had faith in Daniel's faith, though, because he told him, the God whom thy service continuously, he will deliver thee. See, that's, that's powerful. That was He wasn't trying to convince the king to transfer his faith. He just walked in whom he was. And the king had seen enough, just like, I got to mess with Mark, just like that, that situation that Mark was in. They had saw enough of Mark and his God that they said, you know what, I might not be a Christian, but I see things manifesting by what you're doing. So it's enough to say, you know what? I might not believe your God, but I believe in you who believe in your God. But on top of that, it makes the people who don't believe, period, check themselves and start to believe in something. Mm-hmm. You're right. Because the king did not believe in the God, because if he did, he wouldn't have told them that Daniel had to do the decree and pray to the king. 
Mm-hmm. But it ultimately made the king shake himself loose to basically say, because I mean, how is it any? I mean, how look at look at how the power and the fact that the king says, whatever it is that you serve, whomever it is that you serve, he's gonna keep you while you're in the situ- in the situation. Daniel didn't have to encourage himself. The king encouraged him about mm, his God. Mm, mm. So that's when the Bible says he'll even make your enemies your footstools. Why? Because the king knew nothing. The king basically just did what was the king. Okay. Okay, watch this. The king at that point was the equivalent to the donkey with Balaam. Mm, mm. In what manner? The king spoke only to what the father had wanted the king to speak to, to encourage his person, which was Daniel. The donkey spoke because then, um, because Balak was not paying attention to the fact that the angel was right there in front of him. Mm-hmm. When you said just when the ravens go contrary to do something that they are not naturally able to do, mm-hmm. That's what it is. The king wasn't going to represent God. The king didn't want to say anything about God, but that's what he ultimately had to yield his spirit to do. He yielded himself to basically speak on the behalf of that which was said in the spiritual realm, because that's not something normal that he would say. Your God is going to keep you, because they know when you go in the lion's den, the lion's is going to eat you. So how would you go against the natural law of the fact that you, you're going to be all right while you're in the lion's field? And I'm just, tell, I'm just giving you words that you're going to be all right because the God that you serve is going to keep you. That goes against natural order. Right? Yep. When you say that um, when the donkey is talking, that goes against natural order. Yep. When you tell a woman that just go make me a cake, and then when you make me a cake, you'll be all right. And then all she had was enough cake for enough flour for one cake, two cakes for her and her son. But now all of a sudden she got enough food for three oh, no. years. Oh. That goes against natural order <laughs> because she only had enough for two people. Then she made enough for three. And then the enough that she had for the three lasted her for three years. That'll make no sense. Or go borrow many vessels, a many, not a few, and then pour them until the last one that you have, the oil will remain. But you already said that you only had a small cruise of oil. Uh-huh. Then you sell it, and then you basically don't hear nothing else from them because why? You died rich because we didn't hear nothing else about you. <laughs> your son died rich. Why? Because we didn't hear nothing else about you. It says pay off your debtors and go live. Uh-huh. We don't even know when she died. Mm. But the natural order is when we think that we have a small amount of this, we don't think that God can stretch it. But that's what he's talking about. Something going against the natural order of what he is designed for us to see, and it happens for us, and it manifests. That's what, it's, that's, what, that's, what, that's what the book is talking about. So to me, we should have an expectation that... The, the natural order is um, is um, contradicted. Because why? Of the God that we serve. 
I should have an expectation when they when 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 they tell me one thing at the doctor's office that I can tell them another one because it contradicts the natural order of what you see and what God says. I have that expectation that God's going to do it. Because why? If why not? Because if 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 he don't if he don't do it, he lied. He's not gonna lie to me. Not that I'm special, but the fact that it is, he just don't lie. That's a totally different approach and a thought process of God being God. Not that we're special. It's just he's just he's only gonna do certain things. He's not gonna do all the extra stuff that we say. That he's gonna do, and he's not gonna do. <laughs> we just ultimately have to understand that the expectation for God to move always goes against what science and nature and the law says is natural. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible says, "My ways are not your ways; my thoughts are not your thoughts." The things I have for you haven't entered in man's eyes, ears, or hearts. So I could only tell you what it is that I got for you. Nobody else can because they don't know. They don't understand the secrets that I have to behold to you when the time is right. So ultimately, like I said, there should always be an expectation to go against the natural order of what we think is normal when it's dealing with God. So then, yes, if what you is that when in the realm of the miraculous, it goes contrary to that which is normal, if we're going to really live in that arena that we want to desire to live in and we're going to live there, we have to be living in contrary conditions, things that are opposite of majority of the people because that's not how God is growing and grooming us. We have to have that expectation that what they say is going to be the the exact opposite from what God's going to do. Mm-hmm. What do I mean? Well, they said that your child is going to be special needs all his life. He was born that way, but that's not how he's going to end up. They said that your child is going to be in jail. Excuse me. For all the days of his life. But God saw a technicality that didn't show up. Now it's on the rise. Now the judge said one thing. And then the technicality is totally different. Look at the rise of all these sexual predators, right, in the community. Thought, power, privilege, and um, power and privilege were everything. Well, oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> and I said this months ago that the minorities and women we're going to destroy the power and privilege that we have basically seen all of the days of our life. And that's exactly what has been happening. 
the minorities, the women judges, and the victims have come to the forefront and challenged the good old boys, <laughs> the grand old party. And I'm not just talking about the Republicans. I'm just talking about the power and privilege and money communities where you. you thought that you had enough money that could get you get out of hell free cards. But clearly, you're realizing now that you didn't have you don't have enough money to do anything. You're literally at the um at the beck and call of somebody else now. So ultimately we have to understand that we we know that God is doing something and how he's doing it is miraculous because why it is He's just doing it. But ultimately, like I said, we have to have an expectation of what the world is saying no to, God is going to say yes to. Though it might take time, we still have to have that expectation that God is going to do it. Good morning. No, sorry, Hey. All of us. And uh people becoming more transparent as the day gets long. Uh, people, what, you, what? what you just read about uh my comment on that is that it's showing us not to, to come out of our selfishness. God said he got us, he got us. Um, he showed it for when Jesus has sailed the multitude of people with little food. But after he got finished eating them, they still had the abundance left over. Uh, just like with the woman and her son, they was down to their last. But the man had gave her instructions, okay, you fix me something to eat, and you will be blessed. And just out of those two things, whatever we have, we can share. And out of us sharing and uplifting someone, that Jesus and God will be there to go ahead and to keep us uplifted as well. Because that's not natural to us. You're right. It's not because we because we're born into selfishness. No, it's not. Well, yes, that, but it's 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 much bigger than that. Well, yeah, that's true. But we only worry the, about we only worry about ourselves, me, my four, no more. We don't have time to worry about nobody else. Okay. We forget that the commandments are five for me and five for my neighbor. We get to the place where we realize that. That's not um that doesn't matter to us because of the fact that at the end of the day we are looking at um we're looking at it as if we don't need anyone and, and and at the end of the day, we have to take in consideration the fact of it is we as a people were selfish people, 
we don't we we climb and we rise on our own. We don't want to drop anybody off on our off, off of our shoulders. So we just basically say, I had to do this on my own. Guess what you're gonna have to do? We are never ones that reach down and pick somebody up out of a ditch. We just basically say, Well, I got out of it, you could too. So ultimately it is not an innate thing for us well to bind all- together and to to connect together because of the fact of the way and the mentality that we have always grown up with and and, 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 and the fact of how our people were enslaved, we never were people that basically um, were able to come together and, 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 and basically build a business and build a relationship. Why? Because we're going to think the other person is going to cheat us and outdo us. Well, that's who we well, are as a people. Uh-uh. One thing I will say, because, see, it was back around or when, um, during slavery, we were, as a people, more connected to go ahead and help out somebody who didn't have. It wasn't until maybe or like around maybe the 70s you start seeing the more selfishness coming out. My dad made a point. Um, back a couple of years before he had died, he said, you know, this is a doggone shame. He said, back in the day, you wouldn't see a bummy drug addict. So you can have people that were drug addicts, you can have them with alcoholics, but one thing they had instilled in them was to keep up their appearance. But now you see people, the hope is just gone. And the thing of it is, for these people that's falling now, because they got money, okay, and that's what we looked at them, because they have money. You have money. You can do anything that you want to. We can't. Now, not, 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 when it's, not, not, not when it's out of God's will. And I have seen people personally for where you would go, I would go and and uh, put in position to help them. And then they start talking about, well, so-and-so said, don't worry about something. Now, if you want something to eat, I would get you a meal. Well, they think they too good to sit and see the one thing the lady didn't understand. I was down to my last $10. I was sharing my last $10 with her. But, yes, I have seen it on quite a few occasions. It doesn't um, go for any certain creed or color for where if it, hasn't, if it doesn't have anything to do with their family, they feel like they're exempt from helping. And that's wrong to think. I, I understand that. And, and I think that uh, I think. And we have gotten into this little, we said, well, that's you, it's not me. But guess what? It may not be you today, but it could be you. But the tables can turn tomorrow. And when tomorrow gets here, now it is you and the person that you look down upon. Now, see, they have the means to help you up. But the one thing that's going to bother that person, well, you know, when they was down, I didn't help them, so... Um, I don't blame them if they don't help me, but see, it's at that point we have to let go of that and still help that person out, even though they were mean 
and um, selfish with us. Because if not, then see, now we're putting it to a bondage for where we feel like, oh, well, you know, um, I got to look out for me. No, we're supposed to look out for each other. As it was stated, the woman had her last... Her, her her last couple of coins have put in where the rich men only put in a certain amount, which with him being rich, he could have put in more to do better. And God asks us to give our all, not for what we think is, what not what we think is right, but what is right. Comment, criticism? Nope, none. <clears throat> okay, well, hmm, you know, out of jealousy, these men spied on down, you know, find something which they could accuse king. Times a day that Jehovah, they managed to pass in the law proclaiming that prayer could be offered to no one except the king of Babylon. Made their king into a god, not because they loved him, but because they hated Daniel. The penalty for anyone disobeying the law was to be thrown into the den alliance. Daniel knew about the law, but his faith was so strong that he would not stop praying to his god. He prayed with his windows wide open for all to hear and see. Eventually he was arrested and brought before the king. When the king realized what had happened, he was very sorry about the situation but had no choice except to condemn Daniel and command that he be cast into the den alliance. The king must have had faith in Daniel's faith. The king must have had faith in Daniel's faith. Mm. Though because he told him, Thy God whom thy service continuously, he was a- hmm? No, I'm just praying. I'm sorry. I thought I was on mute. Thy king must have had faith in Daniel's faith. You know what? And I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go here. I gotta switch off. King had faith in Daniel's faith. That's a time that's okay, but that I'm going back to process because you have to walk this thing out till you grow up so you got faith in your own God, in your own relationship. My child right now, she had faith in her father. Now, because of life, she is starting to grow up to develop her own relationship with her own God, her own personal Savior. We have to get out of, I mean, okay, I, 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 I mean, yes, we will rely when we see people doing things, even on the line, you know, I get them to pray for me. I, okay, that's all fine and well, but you can't stay there. You got to get, get to the point where you got to walk this thing out for yourself. You know, okay, I have my own trials and tribulations, and, and I hope encourages you, but you can't live in my shoes. You got to walk in your own. 
Now, as you're growing them, and see, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. God's going to allow it to, you know, to, for it to, you know, to live out in someone's shadow, all that, in the, you know, all that's good and dandy. But it's going to be a point in time God's going to say, no, now it's time for you to come out on your own. And so now what we have to learn when the Holy Spirit is pulling us away from people so that we can grow up in our own self, when he pulls us out of relationships and comfort zones and people that have been encouraging and strengthening us now for whatever reason, they seem like they're turning their back or they seem like they're not available. God is basically telling you, hey, you need to now come to the source for yourself. You don't need to have Sam pray for you. You need to pray for yourself. You don't need to go to ask somebody to do this for no. You need to start walking in your own self. So, so then that you need to begin to recognize that that when God is moved, because He gonna move you till you feel isolated by yourself and alone. So He's gonna move you so that He's saying, "Now, child, I need you to learn how to pray perfectly." I need you to learn how to not worry about what's going on. I need you to get to the point that you don't worry about your situation, but you trust me more than your situation. So going back to the king, he had faith in Daniel's God. But before the story is over, you're going to see there's going to be a switch. The king must have faith in Daniel's faith. Though, because he told him, Thy God, whom thy service continuously, he will deliver thee. And the next morning he hurried to check on Daniel. He must have had faith, or he would not have done that. He simply would have sent his servants out to pick up Daniel's bones. When he reached the den, he found Daniel safe and sound, ready to go back to work. How did that happen? By the power of faith. When Daniel was placed in the lion's den, he was immediately the master of the situation. That's what you all need to grow. Understand that God is going to place you in the lion's den. God is going to place you in a situation, a circumstance, there ain't going to be nothing that will hold you but his word. You're going to lack money, time, patience, strength, health, and you're going to find it's like what's going on. What used to work is not going to work. He's going to place you again. I just told you that. He's going to place you where you're in over your head. You're overwhelmed. But life says what you're going to do. You need. You still need this. I, 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 every time I see that billboard on the back of the buses or whatever with the with the with the with the woman holding her mother, and the sign says strength is not optional, I just stop. You know, because it's like, I understand. You know, when I got the bills to pay, my child going crazy, I, my, 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 whatever's going on, and, and it's not an option for you to stop. That's the lion's den. But did you notice what he said, though? He was placed in the lion's den, but he was the master of the situation. But see, that only comes through experience. That only comes from exercising your faith. That only comes from doing this over and over and over again, seeking God, trusting God, seeking God, trusting God, seeking God, trusting God. I don't feel like doing this crap, but I'm going to do it anyway. Lord, it ain't working. 
And he's not going to pull you out of the lion's den until you are the master of the situation. Like we talked about Nessa yesterday, until she pulls up to her job and they go, okay, well, you know what? Because let me tell you something about people. They're going to bug you because they can. <laughs> let me tell you something about the devil. He's going to bug you because he can. I was on the train the other day. It was just so funny to me because I'm, you know, when I, I my mind's normally someplace else. I'm thinking about twenty different things, and I'm like, okay, Lord, all right. So I'm actually looking out of, looking away, and I see this crazy dude come on, and he comes on, and he sits next to the guy. He actually woke him up. Oh man, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry man. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, then he jumps over there and sits next to me. So he's sitting next to me. I didn't even move or flinch. First thing is my nostrils like, oh Lord, this boy had a bath, and I don't know how long. So I still, uh, he was there about, he wasn't even there a good minute. Hey, man, you got some change? As soon as he opened his mouth, I was like, oh, Lord, his breath smells worse than he do. I just sat there. So now, nah, man, I ain't got nothing. Okay. Then he started making all these crazy noises and papping him. And I didn't even turn. I just kept looking and what. And then after a while, he, I mean, it wasn't, he, he was like three minutes, and he just sat. And I said to myself, Okay, devil, you know, it takes a lot lot more than that to rouse me. I just got too much other stuff. And he got up, and he went to somebody else and started bugging up. Because it's like, dude, this doesn't, I got too much on my plate for you, this little impish stuff to bother me. That's when you're the master of the situation. When the enemy comes in, and, and like Paul, he latches onto your arm, and you don't, Paul didn't even pray. He shook it off in the fire, and he kept doing what he needed to do. See, that's when you're the master of your situation, and that's what God's trying to grow us up in. But it's going to only come through experience, trial in and trial out, exercising, working, diligence, continuation, perseverance. But that's what God wants us to be. When he drops us in the lion's den, even the lions go, hey, what's up, dude? Hey, can you rub me? Oh, yeah, no problem. Like I told you, when when the when the witch came over into my house and had the knife over my head, I, hey, look, that's what you want to do, but let me explain to you what's going to happen. That's when you walk in, in the authority and the power that God has ordained for you to walk in. When Daniel was placed in the lion's den, he was immediately the master of the situation. He did not hurt the beast. He did not ask God for power to tear them to pieces. He simply radiated a force which caused the lions to lie down in perfect peace as he slept among them. Daniel personally did nothing. It was God who performed the amazing miracle. The gift of faith was in action. Daniel told the king, My God has sent his angels and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. And I'm going to leave it there. Questions, comments, criticism. Oh, I forgot. No criticisms. Well, let me see. Let me flip a coin. We having criticism today, Mark? Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say no criticisms. Okay. Anything got? Anything? Anybody got? Uh, anything to say? Going once, twice. Three times a lady, and I love you. What was that, Sam? 
That was my impersonation of Lionel Richie. Okay. Uh, my comment on what you just talked about is never take off our armor. That's in God's word. Because, see, then we are definitely uh, bare naked. And for where we think we have that protection there, because now we're making it all about self, God got to show us, all right, you big and bad, you want to go out there, and I didn't tell you to do it. Okay, well, let's see how good you fare. (laughs) So it's almost like um, taking a test. You know, the teacher's still there. They just want to see how much you understand and comprehend what they told you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I had talked to one person. They were saying that um, in their family, they were the youngest ones, and that they would go sell more wolf cookies when they got out there, like in school around friends or certain people, because they were expecting their brothers to come and fight for them. Well, one thing he didn't know one day was that his mom had told his older brother, you know, something, don't 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 have his back. He went out there and he started talking, he started selling wolf cookies again. Okay. He went and got his brothers. And they went to fighting and he was like, Where y'all at? He said, Ma told us not to help you fight. <laughs> okay. So, you know, his mouth was open like, what? So we can't take God's word for granted. That is our covering. But once we do, he has to step back and show us just how much power we have. And we really, and we don't have any power without him. Now, he can give us a little bit of something and make it into an abundance. But I said this before. Jesus came to serve. Why do we hoard? We are supposed to uplift God and Jesus, not ourselves. So whoever we see come across, if we do have an extra dollar, quarter, whatever, uplift that person. If they're down in sorrows, give them a hug. Treat them as you want somebody to treat you. Not saying that you're looking for somebody to come by and kick you or doubt you or put you down, but somebody that will uplift you. Comments, criticism. I mean, comments. <laughs> I can just say amen. Okay. Anybody else got anything? Anybody got anything going once? Twice, three times.
Look it up. Give me a second. I'm uh, got to switch phones again. Okay. Who wants prayer first? I step up. Oh, we don't smoke. Okay, chill, Willie. All right, Father God, let me lift up Nene. Rombo Koskiru Komboskaran Droskiru Gosation Droskiru Gosen Droskara Komboko Ho. Didn't I pray last time for you and talking about transformation and change? Yep. Okay. You also told me that I was being guided or covered by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, what I'm hearing is God's going to start to fine-tune you. He's going to really start to fine-tune you, especially in the area of discernment. You're going to go through some wilderness and brokenness, but it's necessary so that you begin to hear clearly. Hmm. 
And what were we just talking about being thrown in the lion's den? Well, that process has already been started. So one thing I need you to understand, you need to, I would suggest you do this now. Get into a session with the Holy Spirit and begin to find scriptures that he begins to point out and begin to confess them over your life sharpening your discernment, divorcing you from your emotions, keeping you peaceful, keep you, you know, calm because the storm is coming and it's not going to go anywhere because it's necessary to divorce, to get you out of you. So start building your spirit man up now with his word so that when the waves start raging, you'll have a, you'll be fortified enough and you can help to buff it and go through the storm easier rather than waiting for it to come and then trying to batten down the hatches. But it's on its way. It's on its way. So just let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit as he is critiquing you in your walk. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Uh, She's feel like I'm there already. Oh, it's just the beginning of it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just telling you that. You just is the beginning of it. So 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 go ahead and start finding okay, screw what scriptures, Lord, and just begin to confess them because it, it's just the beginning. Okay. Huh? I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Well, I see one that's coming about and is coming through for what, and I never really put any stock into what they say or or I heard because that's not, that's usually coming under the individual's perception or misguidance or where. The people may be real, but the situation they talk about is it. Mm. It's all about what they so-called through their eyes perceived or thought. Um, and the thing of it is, it's not. But And I was just telling somebody the other day, too, because I know Pastor had broke it down to us for where to call yourself a Christian, it was a derogatory term that the soldiers had used for the people who followed Christ. Mm. Where everybody that was following Christ wasn't necessarily following him for the same reason. Also, when you get down to the point of saying believers, okay, but you got to be careful of that because if you say you're a believer, but I don't know what you're believing in until I have a conversation with you. And two, it's a way for where it's not saying exactly who you're with. So out of that, they said we got to be careful of what words we use to put on us. Because if you believe in something, then you'd be able to stand on it and to 
um, say it proudly. Just because you talk to someone doesn't mean that that you know. Huh? Just because you talk to someone doesn't mean that you know what they believe. You could talk to them and still don't know what they believe, and they can tell you what they believe, and it still not be the case because it doesn't manifest in the fruits that they they produce. Okay, but, and this is true, but then, though, too, you did put forth effort for what you and what you're and what you're believing in. If it's, I mean, because okay, put it like this: my grandfather, he lived to be 108 years old. He had asked me and my cousin one day, "Do we belong to church?" At the time, I didn't, and I told him the truth, but I didn't. Okay, he had asked her, and she said she did. At this point, this man's facial, facial expression had changed. His voice had got started getting a little deep and demonic. And he said, he told me, he said, Ren, you're not in this. I said, okay. Now, when my cousin, when she's telling a lie, her left eye gets to twitching very fast. So he said, okay. I got a question for you. If you belong to church, tell me how can man can tell you how to get to heaven? He hasn't been his damn self. <laughs> he looked at me and said, man, do not tell her the answer. I said, I ain't said nothing, granddad. He left that on her. And she sat there and her, that I was still twitching. And after we left his apartment, uh, she said, well, what was he talking about? I said, you heard him when he told me directly, do not tell you the answer. So then she went and she was like, but I don't know why you did that to me. I said, because she was quiet. So... She had went and she, she went and joined her mom's religion, which was the Jehovah's Witness. And she was in it for a couple of years, and then I asked her the question again, but at this point, he had passed on. And she said, I still don't know what you're talking about. I said, here go the thing. Whoever religion you're in, they got their, they got their doctrine on what they believe in. You're not thinking anything. It's one of two things. You're not in it, and you're just not paying attention. You're just in that crowd. But if you're being told, you're going to for what principles they stand on. And she couldn't do it, and that's how he knew that she was lying. But if you don't talk to somebody and ask them a question, then you don't know. But then if something is put into your heart or your spirit to go ahead and uplift this person, when it comes down to... Your judgment day, God's not going to ask you what the other people do. He's going to ask you, did you follow the orders I gave you? 
comment? Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I both pull Shaman Namoku, Shibidabish, Kadabaku, Shibatabash, Shibananamaku, Shubuku, Yabadabash, Kadabaku, Shamananamaki, the Bish, Kadabaku. Father, I ask that you would touch my sister. Father, I ask that you would give her the desires of her heart, Father God. And Father, I ask that you establish her and, and, and make it so that she would become everything that you have called her to be, Father God. And I ask that you would establish her from the north, south, to the east, and to the west, Father God. And Father, I ask that you would allow her to step into those places, Father God, and allow whatever you have told her to become, Father God, to manifest right now in your name, Father God. We ask that you would give her the strength and understanding and the tutelage to lead, Father God, and we ask that you would just continue to show her, show yourself strong through her, Father God, and allow her to manifest and become everything that it is that you have called her to be, Father God. We ask these things in your name, we pray. Amen. You want to sign it in there? You want to sign it in here? Dad. I can't find my... I got two packs left. What's around your neck? Huh? What's that around your neck? Oh, I was studying last. Oh. So I... Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't pray for the... um. Um, I filled it out already. And that one there. That's to the IRS. Let me empty this. Okay, let me pray for the children. Rasko the combo the adults. Thank you. 
My father looking for his glasses, they was on his neck. Anyway. Tony's good. Let me pray for uh her dad. Rumboko did a yes, 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 Father God. Speak to him, and
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.